0: Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. It is good to see you. Great to, great to see all your uh, smiling faces. How about the weather? Yeah. God's pretty awesome, huh? I hope, I hope you've thanked him as much as you've complained to him about all of the snow and things that we've had uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Well, it's good to see you this morning. My name's Donnie. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to be preaching for the next couple of weeks. Cliff is our pastor, and you get a chance to give him a break from time to time. So if you're visiting for the first time, or maybe uh, you see me up here at times making announcements and say, who is that goofy person? Uh, my name's Donnie, and I'm glad to be able to talk to you. We're continuing the series on heroes, if you've been here, talking about people in the Bible and how God used them. And really, one of the things that we're talking about is how they're just normal people, just kind of everyday people, although we put... The title is Heroes, that we, we best know them for the great things they've done, but to be reminded as well that they're just normal people, just like you and me, and God chose to use them. So today, we're going to talk about Moses the next two weeks. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Moses and some of his strengths that he had, and then next week, we'll, we'll follow it up with uh, he also had some flaws, and we'll talk about those as well, because as a human, as a normal person, right, like you and me, we have strengths and we have flaws as well. But we're talking about Moses and how God used him, and the things that God used him for. I don't know if you, um, if you think about Moses and think about the things that were part of his life, you may uh, have a lot of things that come to mind. I mean, you may, you may think about the burning bush experience that Moses had with God. If you're familiar with that story, you may think about all the different things that Moses did. I mean, look at, think about all the roles that he played. Think about all the things that Moses did. Talking about wearing a lot of hats. I mean, he was he was not only he was a, he was a husband first of all and a, and a father he was a a leader he was a lawgiver he was a mediator you know I mean he had to go these people having problems he's having to go in between and try and solve problems with people all the time there was a lot of different things he, he was a writer an author i mean there were so many things that he did and we we think about or i do when i think about moses immediately i think of all those wonderful things that he did and also to be reminded, again, as I said, he's just, he was just a normal person, right? Now, one of the things that I think is, is good to be reminded, think about, think about Moses and think about, if, if you know about the story of the burning bush, you can go back and read Exodus if you're not familiar with that. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff in Exodus today. But just think about uh, Moses. When he, was, when he was in the desert, basically he was just doing his job. He was herding some sheep for his father-in-law. And that's what he was doing. He was just out... Herding the sheep, tending to the flock. When he saw the burning bush, and, and if you know the story, he went up to the burning bush, and the burning bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed, and God spoke to him, and it was there. They let him know where his kind of journey with God began. But, but Moses, it wasn't like he was on some big spiritual weekend. I mean, you know, he didn't plan a spiritual retreat where he's going to go hide out in the mountains and fast and pray and seek God's will. I mean, he was just doing his everyday duty, just walking through the fields, tending the flock when God spoke to him. It wasn't like that that he said, okay, you know, I really need to... I'm trying to seek God's will. I think I'll just go out into the desert and stay for a while. Maybe God will speak to me there. Just normal guy, just like you and I do. A lot of you do. We do. We get up every day. We put on our outfit and we go to work. You know, he was going to his job when God changed his life that day. But the thing that's important is to know that when you read that story, when God spoke to Moses, Moses didn't say... Who? Who's that speaking to me? Uh, One of the key things is that when God spoke, Moses knew who he was. So God had evidently, he knew who God was and been a part of his life. But in this ordinary, everyday walk to work, God really changed his life and used him to be a great leader. So we're going to look at some of the things about his life and some of the qualities that he had. Now, um, again, you may be familiar with the story. And I just want to share some scriptures with you and some things about Moses. And think, think about the, the quality of his leadership. Now, there are a lot of things that, that Moses did, again, but just the idea of the quality of his leadership as he led the Israelites from being captive slaves to Egypt to ultimately allowing them to be able to get into the Promised Land and some of the things that, that had to be a part of who he was in order for that to happen, along with, of course, God's help. Now, before you check out, And you say, oh, here's one of those sermons about leadership. And and here's, here's what some of you have already said in your head. I know you've said this already. Well, I'm not really a leader. I'm not really a leader. Leaders are people who are up front in front of people, and well-known, and have all the answers, and are very smart, and they're at the top of their company, or they're the boss, or they own the company, or they make millions of dollars, or, and you can just go on and on and on, and, and you, some of you have said already, well, I'm, I am probably really don't consider myself to be a leader. What I want you to know is, all of us are have leadership qualities within us. You may not be the owner of the company, you may not be a, a multi mega millionaire and have all these different things that you lead, and if that's your idea of leader. You may not be a public speaker. You may not be well-known. If, if people uh, went to another state and said, hey, um, you know, do you know so-and-so, and they said, no, I don't know them. You say, "Well, see, people don't know me. I'm not a leader, like some of these well-known people that are plastered all over the place. But what I want to tell you this morning is that we all have leadership qualities within us. And basically, uh, John Maxwell has kind of defined leadership as leadership is influence. And, and what I believe is that if, if any way, any shape, form, you have an opportunity to be an influence with other people, at that point, you are a leader to them. You exercise leadership qualities and abilities. So you may not be the president and CEO. You may not own the company. You may not be the head honcho at the company. You may not write books. You may not be well-known. But you may be uh, leadership qualities. You may be a leader in your family. You may be a leader in your community. You may be a leader at your job, even though you're not a boss, the boss. You have leadership qualities, which means that in some shape, form of your life, you have an opportunity to influence other people. And we can, we can use that leadership ability to influence them for the good, or we can use it to influence them negatively for the bad. So we all have abilities. Even I see a lot of younger teenagers as I, as I look out. Even you in your school have an opportunity to be an influence with those around you. And you have leadership abilities. And so what we're going to do is look at Moses and look at some of the the things that were part of his life. There were two essential elements, I think, with Moses that were very important that kind of helped him uh, be a great leader or the things that were important in his life. One of them was a heart for people. And the other one is this conscious dependency on God. A heart for people and a conscious dependency on God. Now, if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus. It's the second book in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at chapter 2, and then we're going to go over in chapter, uh, 30, uh, over into chapter 33, 32 in that area. But we're going to stay in that same book today. So go ahead and find that. And uh, I'm just going to read some scriptures to you. You'll see them on the screen. Uh, we uh, always encourage you to, to bring your Bible. We'll have the scripture for you. But bring your own. Look at it, you know, when what you normally read throughout the week. And so that you can be familiar with that as well um, to to do that. Moses had a heart for people. And you say, well, everybody has a heart for people. Well, (laughs) would you agree that's true? Not all people have a heart for people, right? But Moses displayed this quality in his life. Look at Exodus 2, verses 11 and 12. Now, let me just back up for just a minute and remind you of Moses' upbringing. Alright, in case you think, you know, he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth, he's this great person, he just, he just all of a sudden appears on the scene and, you know, as a leader, again, doing his everyday job when God spoke to him. But if you go back and, and read the story, you'll be reminded that Moses was put up for adoption as a baby. He was given up. And he was adopted by a stranger. He was raised in a household of, of foreign people. He was raised in the household of the people who were holding his own people captive as slaves. He grew up seeing a lot of abuse of his own people. He grew up, um, as best I can determine in the scripture, his father is mentioned by name but there's no evidence of what kind of relationship he may have had with his father. So here's a guy who's growing up in a lot of adverse situations that that you might not think. Again, that's... A lot of, some of those elements are more common than not in our lives. So just remind, remembering who he is. So he grows up. Um, it is kind of neat, though, that God actually lets his mother kind of take care of him until he got older, and then she gives them back uh, to the Egyptians as he's raised in Pharaoh's household. But this is verse 11, and when he gets a little older, it says, One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them and their hard labor." he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now, that's pretty brutal, right? But this is just a, an early evidence that Moses had a heart for his own people. He, he had a heart for injust, when injustice was being done, he had a heart for saying, that's not right. We need to do something about that. That shouldn't be happening. And he saw his own people. Remember, growing up in Pharaoh's house, the people who were oppressing his own folks, he saw that day after day after day probably, and then it got to this point on this day to where he witnessed one of his own people being being harassed, being beaten, being mistreated, and he steps up to the plate and ends up killing this guy because of it. Now, that's not the appropriate method. We're not advocating when you have a problem with somebody that that's the way to handle it. But that's what happened with him, which again even says, when you think about road or maybe I got the batteries almost popped out, maybe I'm getting a little too hefty on the love handle side. <laughs> Since you've been exercising and everything, maybe maybe I ought to, I ought to trim it down a little bit, huh? Um, sorry about that. Let me put it on my pocket. I think my pockets are safe for, for right now. Um, so, so Moses, um, he uh, he witnessed his own people being har- harassed and and hurt, and, and decides, hey, I've got to do something about that. So Showed a genuine concern of I don't like injustice. I don't like when that's being done. Then there, uh, look at uh, chapter two, verse uh, verse thirteen. If you move on down, uh, chapter two, verse thirteen. The next day when he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting, now this is his own people fighting against each other. When he saw two Hebrews fighting, he asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Kind of, you know, Moses didn't know that people had seen him, seen what had gone on. But here, not only he sees a Hebrew, he sees an Egyptian, uh, hurting uh, one of his own folks and he does something about it. Here, he sees two of his own people and one of them being mistreated by the other. And he stops and he talks to them and says, Hey, you know, why are y'all doing this? Y'all don't need to be, you don't need to be hurting yourself. Good grief, you know. You're, you're being held slave and you got enough oppression from the outside. Why are you trying to do something uh, here uh, against each other? So he shows a heart for his own people. Look in, look in chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Now, after he found out that people knew that he had killed the guy, Pharaoh was onto that, and Pharaoh was going to kill him, so Moses decided he needed to take off and run and go away. So, in verse 16, it says, Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs of water for their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to the rescue and watered their flock. So, here is another sense of injustice He's got an Egyptian against a Hebrew. He's got a Hebrew against a Hebrew. And now he's at this well, and there's some women there trying to get some water for their for their dad's flock. And you got some old rough shepherds who run her off and try to try to take uh, care of her and try to mess with her. And so he comes to their defense. He doesn't even know them, and he comes to their defense. And and evidently, um, there were it says there were shepherds, which was more than one. And Moses was by himself. He must have been. Pretty beast, right? He, he, must, he must have had some guns. or He, he was, he was pretty, pretty stout, evidently, to run off several people to go and do it by himself, right? So it just shows the consistency of his heart for people, that he didn't like injustice and that when he saw that, that he was willing to do something about it. Now flip over to chapter 32. Chapter 32, verses 11 and 12. Now, this is, this is on down the road. This is, uh, af, this is as, they're, um, as they're moving on toward the Promised Land. If you know the story, Moses went up on the mountain to get the commandments from God, and the people kind of got ticked off because he was taking so long, and they decided to make a golden calf and worship that instead while he was out, right? And listen, just, to, just a side note, if you don't think there's any humor in the Bible... Uh, just read that whole story and I love when Moses comes down and Aaron, his brother, was kind of in charge while he was away and Moses comes down and confronts Aaron about what happened and Aaron basically says this, I don't know what happened, we just had all this stuff and we just standing around and we threw it in there and out came this calf. Like, you know, just threw a gold earring and poof, there was a calf that had come out of it. So, I, that's just hilarious. Read through, there's some other funny stuff in the Bible if you've never seen the humor in that. And I just think that's hilarious as Aaron tries to give an excuse. Look at chapter 32, uh, verses 11 and 12. It says, But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on them. Now, God had seen what happened. They made this golden calf. God's really angry with them. And he says, basically, I'm just going to take care of them. That's it. I'm done with them. They're hard headed. They're they're stiff-necked people. God calls them. And he basically tells Moses, I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses, he comes to the defense of his own people, knowing that they had done wrong, knowing that what they'd done was was not right in the sight of God. And he comes to their defense and says, Basically, God, please, just, you know, don't wipe them out. These are the people that you brought out. What are people going to say if you got us all the way out here and then we're all killed and all that kind of stuff? And then it's interesting, as we read through there, look in verse 14, it says, Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses had a conference with God and changed God's mind. That's awesome, isn't it? That his heart for his people was so strong. He was so passionate for those people. He changed God's mind to be able to say, Hey, okay, I am just I'm gonna let it ride this time. I'm gonna let it go. Now, there are gonna be consequences, but I'm I'm not gonna wipe them off the face of the earth. So that's pretty that's that's pretty cool for Moses to be able to do that. Great leadership skills. Uh chapter thirty two, verses thirty and then thirty two. Now God said, okay, I'm not going to wipe them away, but their sins have to be atoned for, and you need to, I'm, uh, their sins are going to have to be forgiven. And Moses, still with a heart for the people, says in verse 30, the next day Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin, but if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. Now, that's that that's just pretty cool that Moses, he says, Listen, God, I know they messed up, and please forgive them. But if not, just kill me instead. Just just wipe me out. Just, I'll take the full brunt of the blame. I just want to take it all for them. Now, I don't know if you've ever worked for a leader... Who was willing, knowing that you were wrong, to stand up and take the blame and say, no, let's just let it ride this time. A lot of times in our culture, <laughs> when you mess up, you're out. There's no second chance. Nobody, nobody really wants to give you a second chance. Moses had such a heart for these people. They, they complained. When you read that story through there, they complained all the time. Oh, I wish we were still in Egypt. We sat around pots of meat, and boy, at least, you know, we were slaves, but at least we had something to eat. We are going to die out in the desert. Moses would get them water, and, you know, and then they would complain. They didn't have any food, and God provided manna, and then he provided quail, and then they got tired of eating the quail, and they just wanted to complain all the time. Every time you turned around, these people were complaining to the leader, Moses, because they were better off in captivity. Moses still had a heart for these people. Now, he got angry with them. He got frustrated with them. But when push came to shove, when he stood before God on behalf of those people, he tried his best to present them in such a way as to say, God, I love these people. I want things to be best for them. His, idea, his outlook was, you know, what do we need to do to help these people? I don't want anything to happen to them. These are your people. And God, can you please just take care of them? Now, that is an awesome way to show a heart for people again maybe you've worked for people uh, i have where the boss the pe- person who was leading me was nowhere close to saying oh that's just okay donnie no big deal you know you know i'll go before the the main people and we'll make sure you don't get fired <laughs> you know have you ever worked with people been around people and they're just kind of like a like a vulture and they're just waiting for you to mess up they're you know they're hoping that you will fall but not so they can pick you up, but so they can stomp over you to get to your position and have your job or climb up the ladder. So Moses showed great leadership qualities by have, showing that he had heart for people. Now, um, the other thing that I want to look at is this conscious dependency on God. I mean, just to understand how, how Moses really depended on God. Look at verse 30, uh, chapter 33. Uh, he, Here's another something kind of funny I'll just share with you real quick. Look at, look at chapter 33, verse 3. This is hilarious to me. They're getting ready to move on. They're getting ready to get on with it and start moving again and get ready to go to this promised land that God has promised them. And in verse 3 of chapter 33, it says, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But this is God talking. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff necked people and I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> And God's saying, hey, y'all, you know, I've got it all planned out for you. Y'all gonna make it, but, but seriously, if I go with you, you're toast. You know, I just, I can't, I, you're stiff-necked. But you're, just, you're driving me nuts right now. You don't want, really, you don't want me to go. <laughs> because if I'm along, you're out of here. So God says, okay, listen, y'all go ahead. I'm gonna stay back for your own safety because I can't put up with you. That's pretty funny, isn't it? But listen now, here's Moses again. Here's Moses in chapter thirty three, verse thirteen. Pleading to God. Well, I'll look at I'll read verse twelve. I don't have it on screen, but I'll start with verse twelve. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you I know you by name and ha- and have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Look in verses 15 and 16. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the rest of the people on the face of the earth? That is such an awesome scripture. Moses is basically saying to God, God, we are sunk without you. There is not anything within me, there is not anything within all of these people that are here that is going to do anything for us. And if you don't show up, we are sunk. God, if your presence is not with us, and I love what he says, he says, how in the world are we going to be shown different than all the other people in the rest of the earth? In other words, we don't want to be just like everybody else on the face of the earth. We want to be different. God, when we show up, the only thing that is going to distinguish us from everybody else on the face of the earth is that they know that your presence is with us. You have got to be with us, God, in order for people to know who you are and how powerful we are in you. We don't want to be by ourselves. So God's presence and Him, him just having just that conscious dependency. Some leaders, after they, after they reach a certain level of leadership or they, they reach a certain area where they have a, an influence, a larger influence over people, they will begin to think somehow that they have made it where they are on their own. They will begin to think that they are talented enough to sustain it. They will begin to think that it's because of their education or who they know or their skills. And in their mind, they will start thinking, Man, look at me. I've made it this far. And they will begin to forget that it took a lot of other things for them to get there. And they'll oftentimes leave out not only other people that helped them to get there, but oftentimes people will forget that God also helped them to get there. I've heard people say, I'm just a self-made person. You know, started from nothing, built this thing up from scratch, and now I'm a millionaire, or now I'm succeeding in this. And that may be true, and it, the skills are great. Those come from God, right? Talent's great. That comes from God. Knowledge is wonderful. That comes from God. All of those things come from God. I heard the story one time of a scientist talking about they could do every, anything that God did, and they said what they would do is they were going to start, and they were going to make something and show God that they could make just everything that, that he could. And he said, how about how about a human? Can you make a human? And scientists said, yeah. And so God says, well, do it like I did. You know, I made Adam from the dust of the earth. And they said, no problem, we can do that. And the scientists go over and they reach down and they grab some dirt. And they're going to do God said, oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Go get your own dirt. <laughs> it comes from God, doesn't it? And so for Moses to have this conscious dependency that, hey, it's not because I stood before in, a, in front of a burning bush, bush and received the call of God. It's not because now that I've been in this long enough that I have enough knowledge to know what to do. It's not because I'm smart. It's not because, and he could have went on all these things that he was. It's not because I'm a good judge, I'm a good mediator, I'm a good... Writer, I'm a good, he could go on, I, I build a tabernacle, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a construction person, I'm a builder. You know, Moses had a lot of things that he could have put on his resume. But he knew that none of that had anything to do with him being a person who had a heart for God and leading these people. It was, he knew if God didn't show up, it was over. The game was was over. And he always needed God to be there. Even when God says, hey, I'm going to stay back because I'm going to kill you off, i come with you. Moses said, golly, you know, we don't want to die, but you've got to come with us else nobody's going to know. We're just going to look like everybody else on the face of the earth. And I wonder, as I think about the influence that I have with people and the influence that you have with people, do we have that heart that Moses had? Do you plead before God for the people that you influence even when they do wrong? Do you plead on their behalf for things to turn out good? Or are (laughs) are you praying that God disciplines them? Is that your heart? Is that my heart? with your family, with your co-workers? Are you doing that? As as leaders in the areas that we have influence, do have we gotten to the point to where we realize, God, if people don't see that your presence is with me, we might as well just fold up the tent and go home. Because I'm not that smart. I'm not that intelligent i don't have enough degrees i don't have enough skills it's really It's really not about what i've got god if 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 you choose to withdraw your presence from what's going on, we can just forget it it's here at freedom fellowship it's the same thing right it's not about how, how good Cliff can preach or I can preach or how, what kind of systems we can put in place and what kind of things we can do. All those things are important and we need to do those and as God we will continue to do all that stuff. But the bottom line at Freedom Fellowship is if God's presence is not with us, if, if we're not letting Him rule our lives on a daily basis, if He's not here, this community will just look at us and say, oh, you're just like everybody else on the face of the earth. And God wants us to be different, and it's his presence with us that makes us different. So Moses, as we look at his leadership qualities, just amazing to see uh, what kind of leader he was and how God had helped him with all of that. Now here's what I want you to think about. Anytime we preach and talk about, you know, letting God deal with you with things or work on, let God work in your life in these areas... I always like to back up and say this, and not just as an afterthought, but it's just the foundation of everything that happens in this life. If you've never trusted your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, worrying about what kind of leader you're going to be or what kind of influence you're going to have on people, that's way on down the list. The first thing is knowing that you have a relationship with God, and you've done that by trusting your life in the person of Jesus Christ. Because long before Moses came around God knew that he would send his son Jesus who would come on the scene and he would have even more of a heart for us than Moses had for his people and Jesus died on a cross and he said hey I know that all of these people are sinners and the the penalty for that sin is death and really if if everything was equal and fair they all should die but I love them so much, I'm willing to stand in their place and take the sin for them. God, I'm going to the cross. I'm dying for them so that they can live. Jesus did that for us. And to be able to come to a point where you accept that is where you need to begin. So what I'd like for you to do, I'm, I, close your eyes for just a moment, I promise. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to do anything that's going to make you feel awkward. But I want to give you that opportunity right now. And, and I can ask you this question. Do you know whether or not that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And if you were to die today, would you be with, with God in heaven or not? You can answer that question right now. You know, yes or no. And if you don't know, or you said no, today can be the day that you give your life to Him. And i just lead you in this prayer. The words are not magic, but the idea is that you can just pray this. God, today I realize that, that I'm a sinner. There's nothing within me that's good enough to change that. But I thank you that Jesus died on the cross in my place. And today I give you my life. I accept Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for me. And this day, Lord, I choose to be dependent on you and to live for you. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer today. You can look this way. Now, if you prayed that prayer, please don't leave this place without letting somebody know. I would love to know that because there are things that we can do to help you as you continue this relationship uh, with Jesus and we'd love to know about that. So please don't leave without letting somebody know. Now on the other side, this is what I want, what I want to do. I want to challenge all of, all of us. As I said there's not a person in this room that somehow doesn't have influence with people. I don't care if you're a, some kind of computer IT person and all you do is work with computers all day. The idea is that what you are doing somewhere down the line has an influence with people. It affects people's lives in some way. And how you do your job and the kind of leadership skills that you show is very, very important. So I challenge you in this, as all of us as leaders in the influence that God has allowed us to have with our lives, I would say, I would say this. Are you being the kind of leader that God wants you to be? Are you influencing in the way that God wants you to influence? Do you have a heart for the people that God has allowed you to influence? Do you have a true heart for them? Are you, are you loving toward them or are you hateful toward them? Are you wishing the best and want to do what's best for them? Or are you hoping that, that they'll get on? Now listen, I can just kind of say, all right, time out. In the business world, I know there are times when people need to be fired. And sometimes that's the most loving thing that you can do for a person is to free them up to go get a job where they'll excel. But the heart is that you're doing things for the good of people and that you're not doing it for the evil, even when they mess up. Do you have a heart for people that you lead? And the other thing, just as Moses, do you truly have a conscious dependency in whatever area that God has allowed you to be in that if God doesn't show up, you're sunk. A dependency and a prayer like, like Moses had, God, if your presence is not with us, we are just like the rest of the people on the face of the earth. God has called us out to be different. And it's through his presence with us that makes that it's not about our intelligence or how much money we have or what we can conjure up. We've got to have his presence with us. So, if you would uh, close your eyes again for just a moment for those of us who are already believers. And I, I just have a prayer here that maybe you would like to pray and you can just pray this in your heart. God, thank you for the privilege and responsibility to influence. And you fill in the blank with whoever it is God has allowed you to influence. It may be with your job or your family. You just take just a second, fill in the blank. Thank you for the privilege and responsibility to influence. Help me to have a heart for the people that I influence and a conscious dependency on you. As a leader, I don't want to be like all of the other people on the face of the earth. I want people to know that your presence is with me. God, thank you that through your word we see evidence of people who are just normal, everyday people But what makes them so extraordinary is your presence with them. Thank you for the the witness of Moses and his leadership. And Lord, I pray that we can learn from that today and understand how you want us to have a heart for people and how we desperately need to depend on you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.